What is up, everybody, to the nations worldwide? This is the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money living that travel lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Pletz and... Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in your personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. In today's episode, we're joined by Brock and Eileen of Digital Drifters. They are an American travel couple who sold it all in 2017 to live a travel lifestyle. They grew up in different parts of the United States, but found each other online and fell in love with one another and travel. We talk with them about what they do for work while on the road and how they made the decision to sell everything and travel the world. During the interview, we don't talk about their website, but you can find them online at digitaldrifters.net. That's .net. And we'll talk more about that in the interview. So without further ado, here's our interview with Brock and Eileen. Today we are joined by Brock and Eileen. They are a travel couple who sold it all in 2017 to travel the world together to live that travel lifestyle. You can follow their adventures online on their Instagrams. That's at Eileen Left and at Batchness. Hello, Brock and Eileen, and welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, hey Michael. How's it going? Thanks so much for joining me here today, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Awesome. So I just want to get started here by letting you two give us a little background information about the the both of you and uh, maybe how you met. So uh, six years ago, uh, we actually met online. So this is before Tinder and all of that. We met on OkCupid and I completely lied on my profile about the person I was. I said I liked hiking and being adventurous, and it was a complete lie, but I got him. <laughs> uh, I was uh, just out of college. Um, I went to school for a mapping degree, GIS, and uh, I was in a nine-to-five job and kind of hated the salary lifestyle and uh, decided to start my own mapping business, and that was about maybe a year into our relationship. And that kind of gave me the freedom to be able to travel more and kind of inspired us to start traveling together. Nice. And then where did this love of travel come from? Did you two, were you two raised in families that got out there and went traveling or where did this all start for the both of you? I think for for my family, uh, my parents were into like road tripping. And so at a, a early age, we'd go out west from Michigan. Uh, I got to see Arizona and Colorado and Utah, you know, the beauty of, of out west, uh, pretty young and was fascinated by that. Um, and then I did a study abroad in Costa Rica, uh, in college. And that, I think that kind of jump started my love of international travel. And my family, uh, we had three kids and I mean, my family wasn't really able to afford going on trips hardly ever. So I guess honestly, um, like one of my 
first trips was in 2015, I think. That was my first like international trip. And during nursing school, um, at the end of semesters, every 10 days, Brock, I mean, was really awesome. And he would take me on trips. And that's how I really fell in love with traveling. And I just got addicted and I couldn't go back. Nice, nice. And uh, so what kind of prompted this, uh, you know, sell everything, let's move uh, and explore the world together? Where did that come from? Um, I think, you know, we had a two bedroom kind of townhouse in Phoenix back in 2017, 2000, early 2018. And we were just kind of sick of the normal societal lifestyle in the u.s where like we don't we don't need a big tv we don't need furniture like we don't need a ton of clothes and i I don't know what we just realized that and we're like let's get rid of this and um that's when i really like i discovered travel nursing and we didn't want to take all of our stuff with us like where we were so we just got rid of it and i think it, it too is we were at the both at the points in our lives where we were finally mobile and with my business I could I could work anywhere and her starting travel nursing she she had flexibility as well and then you know in between assignment assignments she could go places with me um, and yeah we just wanted to minimalize sell our cars sell all of our furniture and everything and um, just have freedom to go over where we want nice yeah and uh i want to get talking about your your travels together but before we start about that i like to ask a simple two-word question to all of the couples i interview and it's a simple question but has such a complex response for so many people and that is why travel i think for me um i guess i didn't really realize what traveling meant, you know, um, I mean, we'd taken road trips and stuff, but like actually being in different countries and experiencing culture and these people just live so differently than we do in the U S and their values and, you know, the things that they love are just, you know, it was just so admirable. And I love being able to explore everything about these countries and just really immerse ourselves into the culture basically. I think uh, it's very difficult to put it in two words, but I would say understanding life. Oh, dang it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, really, like, you you truly don't understand issues and places and people and environment unless you go out and see it for yourself. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah great, great answers for sure. And uh, getting into this, where were the two of you before you were in Costa Rica? Obviously, you're in Costa Rica right now, but where are you traveling to next as well? So we just, so one of my travel assignments, my very first travel assignment was in Houston, and it was really, really difficult. It was a very hard assignment, and uh, we didn't want to go there in the first place, you know. And then after my assignment was done, I told my recruiter, I'm not going anywhere but Maui. So, like, find me a job in Maui or I'm not going to work. And next thing you know, I got a job in Maui, and we were there for the last year, and it was just such an easy transition coming to Costa Rica after that because it's basically, I feel like a like a Latin version of Maui and 
It's yeah, awesome. lifestyle is very similar. But, um, you know, we're going to be here until our 90 days is up, and then we're planning on going to Chile for probably three weeks or a month and see Patagonia. We have a, a flight book to uh, Easter Island already, but we don't have the flight book to Santiago yet. Um, and then after that, you know, our visa will reset in Costa Rica and we're wanting to come back here for another two or three months to see the other side of the country. And then, I don't know, we're pretty open. I mean, we really just, have no plan. I think that's like the best part of it. Just whatever inspires us in that moment um, throughout the year. Uh, we want to see more of Europe and um, some more of South America as well. So just whatever opportunities come up, I guess. Nice. And, uh, I mean, Hawaii is so beautiful. I, I haven't had the chance to visit Maui yet. Uh, Natalie did, actually. But, I mean, what was your experience in Maui? What was that like? Uh, paradise, just <laughs> completely. It was just hard to believe that on my four days off, I was basically on vacation in Maui. You know, they people say things about island fever. Um, I don't believe in that. I don't think it exists for a place like Maui just because it's so diverse. You've got beaches, you've got mountains, you've got a volcano. You can go from 85 degrees in the beach to 40 degrees and, you know, just like brutally cold up at 10,000 feet up on top of the volcano. So there's just hiking, all kinds of stuff to do there. So yeah, like you're, you're never bored. Yeah, you're, you're never, never bored. bored. Yeah, and that's exactly how I felt about, you know, visiting Hawaii. If somebody's going to Maui, what's one thing that they cannot miss when they're there? Um, I would say for the unique experience, either seeing sunrise or sunset from the top of the volcano, which is Haleakala. Nice, nice. So you two have traveled quite a bit together, and with travel comes so many different experiences that you share. The good, the bad, the embarrassing moments. I want to get into a little bit of this with you, starting with what has been the most rewarding traveling experience together? That moment that really opened your eyes to this world of travel and really, you know, took your breath away together. Um... There, I mean, there are several moments, but um, would you say Cuba? I mean, I feel like Cuba in itself was just such a unique experience, but I think I can't really pinpoint one most rewarding moment. Like, I feel as though traveling together, we really have gotten to know each other on a different level, and I think just the experiences that we have are just so unique. Like Brock, when we went on trips, he said, we're not going on vacation. We're going on a trip. And I didn't understand what the difference was. And there really is a significant difference. Like we are not lounging on a beach like we are in Maui. When we take a trip, we are roaming. Like you're pretty tired by the end of the trip. Like you need a vacation from the trip. And I feel like these moments are just so they make the experience so much better. Like we've had so many, I, I don't know. I, well, I, the, the most rewarding moments are the places that are so difficult to get to. Um, they're remote. They're places that most people wouldn't go because, you know, it's along a 
gravel road that you have to take for several hours and then you have to hike down another one to get where you're going. Like we just went somewhere in Costa Rica where it probably took three hours of riding in the shared old bus and then hiking our, all of our luggage like two kilometers down another dirt road, but it was like one of the best parts of the trip. So Nice. Yeah, just getting to those places is a feat in itself, and it is it is really amazing to share that together and, and to uh, be rewarded with what's on the other side, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, there's conflict along the way, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but then once you get there and you're experiencing it, you just kind of forget about how hard it was to get there. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Now on the on the other side of things there's those awkward those those embarrassing and hilarious travel experiences that you share together maybe not at the time they're so funny but maybe looking back at them they're pretty funny uh do you have an experience like this that you'd want to share I don't think that Brock and I have had that together I mean we've been in the same place but I definitely um have one in Cuba and okay I'll just say that I'm a nurse so I have no dignity anymore so <laughs> I just, uh, but uh, we were in Cuba and the group of us half of us wanted to uh, or go to see one of the forts that they had there it was all the guys and the rest of us didn't want to go but we didn't want to separate so we just stayed outside of the fort and we were just hanging out and again there's no reception in Cuba there's no phones and the guys just went in they said oh yeah we'll be right back and okay whatever so we waited an hour and we were sweating we were ready to go and I don't know what happened but my stomach just started gurgling and I just got this overwhelming sensation like I was about to poop on my pants like (laughs) diarrhea and I had no idea and we couldn't go in the fort because the guys had our money and we, I was just like, we need to go right now. So my group, we just started getting to a taxi and we hit every bump on the road. It was a 15 oh, minute no. ride, every pothole, like Come we could feel old. everything. And Come I was old. like, I was Just trying to course. meditate so hard because <laughs> I could not handle it. And we finally got there and I started like running up and the elevator, we didn't know how to control it. It was a really old elevator, and we got, like, I had to wa- run five stories up. Well, I had to walk it, because if I ran, I was going <laughs> to poop in myself, and I was wearing white shorts, and I finally got up, and then, like, 30 minutes later, the guys are home. They're like, hey, what's up? Where were you guys at? And we were so pissed. Okay, okay, I didn't poop on myself. But <laughs> when the guys came, they were... Like, oh, hey, where'd you guys go? It was like, what the, what the hell were you guys? Like, we were so angry. And, <laughs> well, like, and when we came out of the fort, no one <laughs> was there. We couldn't find them. And obviously, we couldn't call them or text them. So yeah. But they ended up we, having a couple of beers and just, yeah, like, so hanging we were out. A little cause loose the, and... Yeah, because the fort was so cool. And, like, <laughs> no one came and told us about it. <laughs> so we just had to go back and hope that the, uh, that the girls were there. Anywhere. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good a good story to share for sure, for sure. Um, now turning this into a whole different direction, uh, you know, the, with travel there are bad experiences, um, 
experiences that maybe you'd want to forget or maybe that you can still look back on and and uh laugh at but in, during the time they are they're not fun to go through together do you have a bad travel experience or the worst travel experience that you'd want to share yeah so again Cuba was a very memorable trip so um, so it was kind of a big group. That was the first time we've traveled in a group like that. So it was Brock and I, my sister and her boyfriend, Fernando, and my cousin, Mary. Well, Brock invited uh, one of his friends that he travels with a lot. Well, he invited two of his other friends that we kind of met only like one time. And then they invited one of their friends. So it was just a huge group by the time we went. Well, one day we all went um, snorkeling. And the guys are kind of bored and they were just talking about spearfishing. And our guide was like, oh, well, I know somebody who spearfishes. I can get him here in like 30 minutes if you want. And the guys was like, yeah, spearfishing. We're going to be able to do it first try. Let's do it. So, I mean, we all went out there. So my sister stayed behind and my cousin. So it was the rest of us that went. And Ruby was one of the girls there. Um, Jehovah and myself, we all had a life jacket because we're not the strongest swimmers. Well, we got out there. We swam about half a mile out. Would you say? It was pretty far. It was re- like we couldn't yeah. see anything. You couldn't see land. And these, the guy, the spearfisher, just held his breath and just completely disappeared underwater and was it was just amazing. We were all just like so mesmerized by him, but you couldn't see anything. It was so deep and we were out there for maybe an hour. And I think the guys realized, yeah, maybe we're not going to be able to do this. Uh, this is hard. Um, so we started, uh, swimming back and Fernando, my sister's boyfriend, um, I'm a slow swimmer. So I was behind anyway, but I had a life jacket. Fernando didn't. And it started to get really choppy out. So everyone kind of decided, all right, it's time to go in. Um, I was the last one and Fernando kind of stayed behind. And I was like, okay, he's struggling. And then he started uh, taking in water and coughing and panicking. And these are like 50 yards away, not even looking back. I don't even know where Brock is at this point. He doesn't care where I am. And... Fernando started taking in water and he was starting to drown. And I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a nurse. I can save you if you're on land, but I'm terrified of water. Hence the life jacket. I'm not going to be able to help you here. So it, I don't know what happened, but so the spearfish had, uh, um, or the spear actually had a line that went all the way out. And I thought to myself, okay, well, if we grab it, maybe we can like pull ourselves towards them. And that didn't work, but that got his attention. So they all stopped and turned around and looked at us. And Ben, um, Kent, and the spearfisher bolted to us like Aquaman. And we're here so quickly. And I don't, it turns out that Ben and Kent were, um, what? Um, lifeguards. Yeah, lifeguards, rescue divers. So, Kent got right behind Fernando and Fernando started throwing up. Ben checked on me, made sure I was okay. And it was just like Fernando looked half dead. He was terrified. His face was white. He was throwing up. And Kent looked at our friend Jehovah, who had the life jacket, and he said, 
do you think that you can do this without it? And Jehovah's face was so terrified. I mean, he's terrified of water, but I mean, what is he going to tell Fernando? Sorry, he just died, but I'm going to keep this. So he gave the life jacket and we all like went into shore and basically Fernando almost died and we had to swim out. Uh, we finally got to shore and it was like a shipwreck. Like all of us just crawled to the sand. We were so tired. And my sister comes from the, uh, where she was and she tried to take a picture. She's like, babe, babe, look, smile, babe. Did you have fun? <laughs> and we we're like, Megan, shut up. Like she was like, why are you guys being so mean? And she like had, she no, had no idea, idea what we had yeah. just experienced. Yeah. So it, yeah, that was probably. I think anyone almost dying on a trip is always going to be a bad experience. Definitely. But then we had fun after that. Yeah, after that, it was so fun. Like, we had a new outlook <laughs> on life. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that definitely puts a new outlook on on the trip, for sure. Kind of make the best of every moment you have out there, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a, a really good story, and it really puts things in, into perspective when you are on your trip. And, uh, uh, I mean, those moments are never fun, for sure. I ask you guys about, you know, all the destinations you, you've kind of visited and the, the experiences that you share together to, to turn this conversation towards your relationship. Because, I mean, travel affects your relationship in so many ways. But, but how do you feel traveling has affected your relationship? In what aspects? Um, I mean, it's not a whole lot different than our regular you know our regular lives before we started traveling although one big difference is that we're with each other almost every minute of the day you can't like escape from that um so like all the annoyances yeah everything that annoys one another is like there in your face 24 7 um you know and in normal life like back when we lived in phoenix you know we could go do something by ourselves for the afternoon or, you know, we had friends to go do whatever with, but now it's just like amplified and you have to learn how, how to just like day in and day out do things together. And, and I like think, really like let it, like if we're going to get in an argument, okay, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Just let it go. Yeah. You can't just ignore, ignore the other person for a day or two <laughs> days or whatever. And then it blows over. It's like, if you do that while you're traveling, then you lose all those experiences that day. Um, so I think it just like traveling in a relationship makes you appreciate day in and day out, like what the purpose of this is and helps us get over issues quicker. Yeah, I agree. Um, and helps us recognize, you know, what one another wants in life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I mean, with all these travel experiences that you've had, uh, do you guys have a new outlook on your relationship or on how to get past these um, these arguments as soon as you can because you are spending so much time together? Or, um, like, how has that outlook changed sort of on your relationship? I think I'm just petty in general. I'm petty spaghetti, and I just, you know, I would really hold grudges. I'm a Scorpio, but now I just have to let it go. Like right uh, a little bit ago, we were talking about the blog and, you know, 
what needs to get done. And I'm a, I'm a stickler for time. I like deadlines. I like to know when things are going to happen. And Brock's just like, oh, well, I don't know, whatever. I'm like, no, like, it's so frustrating. But it's, again, like he said, like, you just kind of have to get over it. So I feel like since we've been here, we just kind of get over things a lot quicker. Like, I don't know, we just get on the same page as soon as we can and then all right let's drop it let's move on let's go to this next place or let's go to this beach let's enjoy the sunset you know like little things that people don't get to experience on day-to-day life like what we're doing is really special and it's not like we're gonna just be wasting time arguing like it's it's stupid so well I mean you just have to give one another a reality check and be like you know (laughs) we're doing something special and we can't take it for granted. So yeah, we have to settle our our differences a lot quicker, a lot quicker and, you know, and understand that fully. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, traveling, it comes with a lot of work, uh, especially in the planning stages, you know, booking the hotel, booking the flight in planning the itinerary and everything else that comes with it. Who takes care of what when you're doing this? Uh, do you guys have set tasks for one another? Or what what goes down in this process? Uh, I, I think she would agree. It's basically like she's tagging along. I'm just kidding. I hate, I hate to sound like that. Like I'm so reliant on him. And, you know, I'm a pretty independent person, but I have no idea about anything. I don't. I actually don't even really know where we are right now or what we're doing. I just kind of go well, where he and tells I, me. I make maps for a living and, you know, mapping analysis and such. So I'm very familiar with where places are. And, like, in my mind, I have set, like, what we need to see or what I need to see and what she would probably like to see. Um, so I, I'm always open for suggestions, <laughs> but it turns out that, I have no suggestions. I know where we should go at all times. Well, like the other day, we were walking back from a restaurant, and he kind of let me lead the way home. And he's like, are you sure we go this way? I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And it happened to be, like, the complete opposite way. And I was just like, how long were you going to let me go? (laughs) And he just, like, I feel like if he let me plan a trip, it would be – I have no idea where to even start, honestly. Like, I think I would – book a trip on the opposite side of Costa Rica, like book the Airbnb right in the middle and like nothing would be set up. Like I just feel like I have, it's kind of ironic that he makes maps because I have no sense of direction. (laughs) I also have years of experience like booking Airbnbs and, you know, using Google flights and different services to find cheap flights and rooms and stuff like that. So I guess she has 100% trust in... Yeah. Well, and I think it's been really nice because, again, like how I said before, like I like to plan. I always, every time we were on vacation or traveling, we I needed to know what are we doing? What time are we doing it? What time are we going to be back? What time are we going to eat dinner? Like I, I like to know. So I think being here kind of just allowed me to relinquish control and just kind of like let Brock, you know, this is what you thrive at. Well, and the the type of lifestyle we've adopted now is just kind of like, you know, day in, day out. We don't really have a set plan, so we can't, we can't plan far out 
for no plans. Yeah. So we just have to kind of like book things on almost a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So instead of like getting anxious about it, I just kind of had to just let it go. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, are, are you guys um, both kind of spontaneous travelers or where does that come from? Um, I would say I'm pretty spontaneous. I just like having the flexibility to, you know, if we really like a place, we can stay here longer. If, um, you know, we, we talk to a local and they recommend somewhere else or to go do something in a different area. Yeah, I think that's that we can we can have that flexibility to just. Yeah, I think that's like the best part about this is that we really do not have a plan. So it's kind of nice to be able to just talk to, like he said, talk to the locals and they're like, oh, well, have you been to this place? And we ask, okay, well, where is that? And it happens to be like near kind of where we're going. So we just kind of make a detour. And, you know, that's now a part of the trip, which is really nice. Um, But my spontaneity is probably from just uh, not really holding a normal lifestyle, you know, with having a business and being an entrepreneur, you're just kind of like, every day is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So that kind of spills over into travel. Definitely. And um, how about out of all the places that you two have been to, what has been your, your favorite destination, that destination that you would return back to in a heartbeat or, uh, you know, that destination that if there's a couple listening out there that has the exact same interests as you two, uh, that you'd recommend them to go to? Um, a place that we've been together that I can see going back to for sure is uh, Menorca. It's, it's an island in the Mediterranean off of Spain. Uh, well, it's part of Spain, but it's an island off the off the coast. Um, and we went there maybe a year and a half ago. We we went to Barcelona, Valencia, and then took a flight to Mallorca, which is another island next to it. And then we went to Menorca, and we had planned to be there for like four days, and we had a flight back. The, the day before we had the flight back, we just looked at each other and we were like, I'm not ready to go. We have to stay here longer. <laughs> like, it's one of those feelings where, like, we don't have very many moments where, like, we feel like crying about leaving a place. But that was maybe, like, yeah, one of the two or three places I've ever felt like that. And we we literally just, like, changed our flight that night to so that we could stay there for, what, like, five more days? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. There's just something special about that place. Like, it's very low key. There aren't many people. It's a small place. Yeah. Uh, the beaches are amazing. The food's great. Uh, they grow wine on the island. Um, it's just very unique. And like, I, we feel the same way about Costa Rica. But yeah, I mean, I feel like if you had told us before we came to Costa Rica, what place would you go? We'd say Costa Rica. Yeah. So it's kind but of. I guess. Cool. I guess. For somewhere that's like yeah. not a lot of people have heard about, I would say Menorca. Yeah, no, I, I haven't at all. And like, um, what what is there to do there? It seems like you guys are really uh, really love the island life and the island culture for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, if a couple's going there, like, what what is what, what do you recommend them to do? Um, so basically, it, 
I mean, it's a decent sized island, but it's not huge. You can you can drive across it in a rental car in maybe an hour and a half. Um, but there are just so many remote beaches that most of the beaches you have to like hike to. So like you'll park your car somewhere and then you may like hike along the coast for a half hour, an hour. And we really like, you know, coastal hikes like that. Um, so I guess it's just like the adventure of like finding this beach that feels really remote and it's hard to, it's harder to get to. So you feel like accomplished when you get there. The water is like crystal clear. Yeah. It's the most clear water you've ever seen. And then like the bottles of wine are like five bucks, which is, you drink a lot of wine. And I, the people are extremely friendly. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe it's, it's a place just magical, like that. I guess like it's it's really hard to describe. I guess unless you get to go there, because I again I had no idea these islands even existed, <laughs> and we got there. I'm like this is one of the most amazing places I've ever seen. And it, the infrastructure is pretty historic too. So like there are some small towns like in the center of the island that are pretty old, and it's cool to just like walk around and get lunch and coffee and the coffee is really good too i remember one time though we had gone to the beach we were we had i don't know i think we slept in and then we literally did nothing all day and we were both so tired and brock doesn't take a nap and he's like do you want to go to the beach and take a nap and we just took a nap on the beach we just walked over for an hour and we woke up so refreshed and we did nothing that day so it was just like one of the most relaxing things it was awesome yeah nice yeah it does sound really beautiful and uh yeah you're making me want to go to an island right now for sure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um do you two have any more advice that you would share with a couple that's just about to go on that trip maybe their first trip together any advice in regards to travel and your relationship i think i would say just really enjoy the time that you guys have together and just really take it all in like no expectations no well yeah but I'm I mean just in general to like traveling together I think that you know a lot of couples don't get to travel together and that's kind of the reality of it and I know that every single trip that him and I took I really took it in and I just I just stopped at some points and I just wow, this is amazing. I'm, I can't believe that this is happening. I'm so grateful. And I think, you know, a lot of people kind of get lost in it and taking pictures and, you know, it's all new to them. But I think if you really just stop and realize where you're at and kind of look at the person you're with and just be so thankful that you guys are able to do that together. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like some of our best moments the last six years are, are when we've been traveling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say, I guess, but they really are. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, um, yeah, so I want to get to talking more about your two lifestyles, you know, your lifestyles that you're, you're setting up together um, and, you know, making travel more of a priority in your lives, starting with what you two do for a living. And, uh, I mean, can you give us a little rundown about, I know we've touched on this a little bit earlier in, in the interview, but can you give us a little more of a rundown about what the two of you do? Yeah, so... Um... 
I graduated from grad school back in 2009. 50 years ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, you know, and I, I had some salary jobs out of college and it, I just never really felt like that was for me. Um, so I took the risk in starting my own mapping business in Phoenix. Um, and, you know, slowly it, it kind of grew and four or five years in, it got to the stability where I was able to basically run it from anywhere in the world. Um, just as long as I had a Wi-Fi connection in my laptop. Um, so at this point right now, um, you know, in Costa Rica, as far as work, I'm just working remotely, maybe 25, 30 hours a week, like try and knock work out in the morning and then have the afternoon to do whatever we want. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm a nurse and I mean, I can't work here as a nurse technically because I mean, our licenses aren't the same, but I was able to actually volunteer at one of the clinics here in uh, Costa Rica. So that was a really cool experience. Um, I mean, I became a nurse because I knew that I wanted to help people. But more specifically, I knew that I wanted to go to other countries. And that was before I'd even been to other countries. But I'd known that I'd wanted to go and really help people that didn't have health care. And um, I mean, that's still one of my main goals is to be able to volunteer as much as I, need, I think both of us, we want to volunteer in different ways. Um, but right now, I'm just finishing up uh, my degree, and Brock's my sugar daddy. <laughs> gotcha. You saved up a little money. Yeah, from, I mean, I saved up a little bit money yeah. from travel nursing. But. Mm-hmm. I, but, I mean, I think, you know, advice for how we're doing this is that um, we basically dropped everything. You know, we don't have car payments we don't have a rent payment we don't have a mortgage um i mean we really don't have any expenses except for what student we're loans. student loans still but you know except for what we're doing where we're traveling you know that's basically our life now so take away all of those expenses and and allocate them towards travel and that's how we're able to make it happen mm-hmm now, uh, with, with volunteering as nursing, Eileen, uh, what, what comes with that? I mean, do you look for these uh, volunteer places before you book a destination? That kind of uh, is where you want to go next? Or is this something when you get to a destination, you know, you start looking for these? No. So uh, before we came to Costa Rica, um, I knew I had set something up to where I could uh, volunteer in a certain spot. So that was basically the only plan that we've had since we've been here was that we needed to be in Manuel Antonio um, during these weeks. So that's what we did. But um, I would love to be able to go to different places and be able to volunteer. Like I know they have a bunch in Peru and Nicaragua, just South America, Central America. That's pretty much one of my main focuses. And I think goals in life is just to be able to just volunteer as much as I can and, you know, give health care to people that can't afford it. And I think the best way to go about it is that we're, you know, as we're in the country, we're learning more and more about how we're able to volunteer um, because it's it's very hard, you know, when you're in the U.S. and you're trying to research volunteering in other countries it's like there's kind of a a disconnect you you're not really fully understanding what's available 
how you can help and all that. But then once you get here, uh, you talk to people, you understand what the needs are, and uh, it just makes it a whole lot easier once you're once you're here. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense for sure. You definitely feel more connected if you, you know, you get there and then you start searching for ways that you can kind of help out that community when you're there. And, uh, and for you, Brock, what, what is, uh, can you give our listeners a little rundown about, you know, what goes into a mapping business? What do you do there? Um, so basically, right before I started it, I was working for a commercial real estate company. Um, and I was doing the mapping for them, um, you know, for their clients. They're looking for new locations to say, like, I don't know, Chipotle wants to add five new locations in Phoenix. Well, they're going to need to know uh, the competition, you know, um, household income data, demographic data, um, and all of that information goes into these maps. Um, so I kind of accumulated this you know, knowledge over time. So most of my clients starting out were in commercial real estate. Um, and then I eventually got different contracts and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's basically like taking spatial information, um, that my client has or needs researched and then throwing out it on a map, which is called cartography. It's kind of like the most important thing, the art of, (laughs) The art of map making. So it's kind of like graphic design in a way, but for maps instead of like, I mean, it is, it's a map is a visual project, you know, product. So it's, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's, that's she, she doesn't appreciate just, my work totally as much <laughs> as I do. <laughs> no, that, that sounds really cool. And it, it's, it's not something that I've heard of, you know, somebody taking that kind of business on the road. It's not something that comes up every day. So it's, it's really unique and it's really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, and while we've been in Costa Rica, we met some people, um, that are running like a, a shark conservation company and, um, I talked to them about maybe using my mapping skills and helping them out with with tracking uh, hammerhead sharks in this area uh, because they tag sharks um, and then, you know, they have that GPS data in the ocean where the, the sharks go over time. And then you can take that data, throw it on maps, and then you better understand where their habitat is. Um, and then in return, they they let fishermen know uh, where these habitats are and then they can, you know, stay clear of those areas. So it's pretty, I mean, it's very interesting work. It's just, it's it depends. Yeah. It depends depen- what you're doing. Yeah, it depends what you're doing. <laughs> gotcha. Now, um, I mean, going with this lifestyle that you guys have, uh, you know, sprung towards, what kind of tips would you give another couple that wants to do the same? You know, starting with that, that first decision to sell it all and, and to jump into this lifestyle. What kind of tips do you have for that couple that's uh, thinking the same way? I think, I think initially you just have to sell yourself on the idea. You know, you're going to have some doubts. It's definitely a risk. Um, but just with like starting a business, you just have to go all in on it. Well, I mean, um, doing anything. Yeah. It's it. You just have to be committed and you don't look back. You just, 
you make it work in every, in any way possible. I mean, it's really hard. It was really hard for me to to get rid of a lot of things, and uh, it, it was just a different thing because I've never, I don't know anybody who's living like this. So I guess I have no, no example to go off of. But I think like once we did it, it was just kind of like a relief. You just, I don't know, I you just feel lighter and you just everything just feels kind of easier it's just well even now like we're living off of uh you know One two three packs maybe yeah. and we feel like we have too much stuff but that's like literally all we own and it seems like we're carrying a lot but people realize like this is literally mm-hmm. all we own and it feels like a lot still yeah i mean i think it's just um you're so used to having things that you don't um, need and you don't really realize that you have all of this stuff that yeah. you don't need. And I, I think it's just getting the, getting over the hump of like accepting that you don't need that lifestyle anymore yeah. because once, once you drop all of that, you're able to have all of these experiences and they're worth so much more than the and things the that, we, you know, the things that we used to have. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, continuing with this, um, how did you guys, because obviously with, with travel it comes a lot of expenses, how did you guys set a an amount that you guys were going to save towards and you knew once you hit this amount that you could get, you could leave, you could do your thing? How did you guys go about, you know, the whole saving for this trip and... Uh, knowing how much you needed, especially with, uh, you, Brock, having your own business, it can, it can, uh, uh, I mean, it's a really a- a great asset to take with you on the road, but I know as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, uh, it, you, there's no set salary that you're getting every month. It's, um, you know, whatever you make for yourself is what you take home, basically. How did you guys get around all of this? Um, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's mainly the fact that we got rid of all of our expenses. I mean, we saved. Eileen was making pretty decent money in Hawaii, but we also had very high expenses living in Hawaii. Um, so if you compare it to now, traveling in Costa Rica, I mean, our, our monthly expenses just to live are at least half of what they were living in Hawaii. So, I mean, you you add that up over month after month and it's like we're in a way we're like free rolling (laughs) even with her not working um we're still doing all right yeah like i was able with travel nursing to save up uh you know a certain amount of money and i'm like okay well i mean this will pay my student loans until this time and um i mean i'm actively looking for online jobs that i'm uh i mean able to do remotely so once one gets sealed, then I think we'll be able to do this way longer than we anticipated. Yeah. Well, and I think when when people think about continuously traveling, they think, oh, well, like you know, staying in hotels and all the flights, it gets it, very expensive. But you just have to adopt like a very minimalistic travel style. You know, like we're staying in Airbnbs that are like. 40 or less dollars a night um they're not luxurious but they have everything we need um you know we eat cheap we probably only eat like two meals a day yeah um and we're not like starving though yeah it's not like (laughs) we're we're, 
I don't know. <laughs> like we are able to like, um, you know, go to the store and like buy stuff to make like peanut butter and banana sandwiches or like, you know, just little things to kind of hold us over. Um, so it, like, I think that's one of the things that we want to really emphasize is that it doesn't have to be expensive. Again, there's a difference between going on vacation and traveling. And we have really kind of narrowed down, like, how we can really do this for very inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, that's how it comes with the whole minimalizing is that uh, we don't consume as much as we used to when we you know, when we were staying in Hawaii or Phoenix or wherever, um, everything is in smaller amounts. So that equates to smaller amounts of money that we're paying. (laughs) Now, do you two have a set daily budget or how do you, any tips that you want to share about living more, uh, more of a minimalist, uh, lifestyle while you're traveling, especially, for those couples, you know, coming from uh, the states, the Canada, you know, these these countries where it, it's they they might not be living that much of a minimalist lifestyle. It's more, you know, spending a lot more money, and you definitely see the money coming out of your pocket a lot quicker. Yeah, I think we've we have a pretty good set plan now. It's like I when I'm looking for Airbnbs or or hostels or whatever. I pretty much cut it off at $50 a night. Hopefully it get cheaper than that, but like that's as much as we're willing to spend on a per night basis. And that, I mean, if you times that by 30 days a month, that's still less money than what we were paying for rent in Hawaii. Um, and I think we're just, you know, day in and day out pretty conscious of like how much food is and like we try and, make half of our food at our place and then go out one time, you know, nothing's like really extravagant and we're not, it's not like we're paying for all types of these activities and everything. Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the biggest things is that, I mean, this is kind of how we are now. So we're not going and doing all the activities. We're not going rappelling. We're not going on boats. We're just, I mean, kind of living everyday life just like you guys I mean just like we used to live in the states um but I like one of the hacks that we've learned is that a lot of people in Costa Rica who have Airbnbs will make breakfast for you so that's included that's one meal that's free and then you pretty much like you snack for lunch and then you go to dinner for like uh, you know what 20 bucks yeah I mean 20 bucks max for the both of us yeah I mean we're getting like if we're, we go out to lunch, you know, we can get lunch for 10, yeah. 10 15 bucks like today, total. Yeah, like today yeah. we went out to this restaurant and we got like a piece of chicken, rice, beans, salad, and like a smoothie for five bucks. And it was looking over the ocean. It was just <laughs> and, and if we would have, you know, bought that same meal in Hawaii, it would have been three or four times the price. Yeah. So... I mean, basically everything that you're doing in your past life, uh, you know, we're doing now, we're just, uh, it's, we're doing it in a cheaper place. Um, we're minimalizing it a little bit more. And I think you just have to be like willing to, too, yeah, like also. Yeah. But that's the sacrifice. It's like if you, if you 
want this lifestyle, yeah. then there are things. I mean, it's not all, like literally the other day we went, we took a two hour bus ride. It was going like 10 miles an hour. And by the time we got there, it was a huge gravel road. It took 30 minutes to walk down and I have a roller bag and there was rock on rock on rock. And my bag was just, oh my God, it's all torn up at the bottom now. But like we got there and we were so sweaty. We were so thirsty and we got there and the place didn't have electricity. They didn't have any outlets. They didn't have light and but that's what we were looking no, for that's that what, weekend. We just yeah. wanted to be off grid. Yeah, but then he showed us his garden, and he's like, "Anything in our garden is yours, so just eat whatever you want." And he showed, he gave us a tour around the garden, and then he would cook breakfast for us. He would just invite us, and then one day we were about to go to dinner, and some random person went into his driveway. It was like uh, tuna, tuna, and he ran outside, and some random person was selling tuna that they had just caught. So he bought a piece of tuna. Was like, hey, do you guys want to eat dinner with us? And we're like, uh, yeah. So we so just had dinner with dinner. them. It was just <laughs> like. Yeah, like you just have. And it was one of the best meals I've ever had. Yeah, it was, and and it was so funny because we had to. There was no light, so we were cooking with like headlamps and our candles. phone light yeah. candles, and it was just like, just such a completely different experience than people would go on. Like, yeah. you know, I don't. I well, don't, and that bus was five dollars for the both of us, or you could rent a taxi for sixty dollars. So we right there we saved. Like $55 just by toughing it up and taking the shared bumpy bus ride to get there. (laughs) So, I mean, that that all adds up when you're traveling, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've gone through quite a bit of different uh, things together here. Do you two have any more advice that you'd share, something we missed maybe, that you'd share for another couple out there that wants to pursue this lifestyle? I would say if you have doubts about it and, like, I would just really talk to each other about it. And I would say just if you can do it, just go for it because it's really so liberating. And I mean, the experience of the experiences that we've had in just a month, like I can't believe it's only been a month since we've been here. We've done so many things and it's so nice to be able to be with your best friend and just do everything together and get to explore this country together. You know, not a lot of people have the opportunity to do it. So if you do just go for it. Yeah. Uh, just don't look back. You know, I mean, so many people get stuck in the same routine. You know, we kind of got trapped in that for a while. Well, I feel like a lot of times, too, you just kind of uh, I feel like society kind of gives you the idea that you need to find somebody. You need to get married. You need to have kids. You need to buy a house. And we were like, no, you don't. You know, we don't really want any of those things. And we don't need that to be happy. And you know, we found something that makes us happy and that's traveling. Well, I mean, and too many people, you know, wait till later in their life to do something like this. And, you know, if you are able to at a younger age when you have your health, it's it's way worth it. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent advice that you guys have shared throughout this whole podcast episode. Now, do the two of you, I mean, what's next for the two of you? What what can our listeners look forward to uh, from the two of you online or anything that you've got going on? Um, so we're currently in the process of starting a blog about our travels and our lifestyle. 
it's pretty much going to be a blog about just, I mean, tips that we've learned along the way. Like, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know that, you know, you could take a bus for five bucks or, you know, take a taxi for 60 bucks. Like that in itself is just a chunk of change that you have just saved, you know, like little things that we've learned. We'd love to, like, we've explained it to our family and our friends, but I feel like at this point it's time to just tell everybody how to do it. And, um, a part of the blog too, is, uh, the places that we're going to be going, we want to talk a lot about environmental conservation. Um, in Phoenix, you know, we didn't really know about it. Um, you know, we're landlocked and then we got to Maui and our eyes were really opened of, you know, seeing actual trash in the water, seeing all the trash that gets washed up and, you know, seeing turtles with tumors on them because of pollution. Like there's so many things that we're doing to damage the environment. And I feel like people don't really know, you know, um, I don't think the news reports on it very often. So I think one of our uh, biggest focuses are going to be on travel tips and, you know, just our volunteer experiences while we're here. And, you know, um, you don't have to drop everything to come move to Costa Rica to be able to save the environment. There are things that you can do at home that can really make a difference in this world. And we really want to be able to express that to people. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll be looking forward to that when that comes out. And there you have it. Brock and Eileen sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nation's Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Follow us on Instagram and keep an eye out for our uh, blog if you guys are interested in learning about traveling. Awesome. And what's those Instagram channels one more time that we can check out? Uh, mine is at Batchness. And mine is at Eileen Left, I-L-E-N-E-L-E-F-T. We'll be linking those in the show notes page, and hopefully your blog will be posted by the time uh, this episode sees the uh, the public. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Michael. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 49. That's this episode, episode number 49's show notes page. You can learn more about Brock and Eileen and their website, digitaldrifters.net and everything that they've got going on over there. Show them some support, show them some love. And leave a comment on the show notes page and let us know about what you're doing for work while on the road. If you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. We'll be sure to be consistently delivering you these episodes every Wednesday. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.